God is good. Let me read this passage. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. And I think it was amazing. And it is right for us to give thanks to God for all that he has done. Last part, week and a half was so glorious and beautiful, especially this at Wednesday and Thursday was just amazing and great. God has done amazing things. I think it was really right and give glory to God. Just as today is memory of Sunday, remembering those that have sacrificed for us. I think it's right for us to give, take time to give thanks to God for what he has done. What you may think small is also honors God as we give thanks. It doesn't have to be great and big, but we honor and give thanks for what he has done. I know we are, we are not really, we have not done this publicly as much as our church, but I think it's right to do this. So what I want to do is I want to give time for some of you to come to share what God has done last, this week, especially at the, uh, uh, the revival, Okay. And we asked some people to write and send it to us, but some of you, many of you are tired, but didn't get to email us. Uh, so uh, if you want to share a testimony, please begin come really in the front and let Pastor Mimi know while that's happening, as you're coming, coming out and getting ready to give testimony. We have one testimony I received this morning and uh, was so amazing. I translated, translated into English, written in Korean, and uh, Aaron is going to read it for us. Okay. Anyone else who are stirred to share a testimony, you can come and let Pastor Mimi know. says, hello, Pastor. My name is Sunny Park, sister of Taeyeon, Aaron Lee's wife. This is the first time writing testimony for me. Please understand as you read. Grace and Taeyeon contacted and asked me to come to church. I have not been attending church. I didn't have courage to go to church, and I was very troubled. But that week, many around me sent me messages and encouraged me to believe in God and attend church again. Because many encouraged me, I took courage on Wednesday afternoon to go with my four-year-old Liam and two-year-old Lori. Even on the way, there were a lot of doubts and ups and downs. Even Taeyeon thinking, even called Taeyeon thinking of turning back. But I did get to church after three hours of driving. While worshiping with my mom, Aaron and Taeyeon, my nephews and my son and daughter, praise and message from the pastor. I still had doubts and I had no confidence in me. Why am I here? Was it right for me to come? Questions kept on coming. At ministry time, I was prayed over. While receiving prayer, I trembled in my body. My body shook. My heart was hot. Tears rolled. A lot. God was speaking to me. There is a place for you up high. Come to me. You don't need to be strong. 
You don't have to become strong to come to me. He was saying to me, I will embrace you in your weakness. Tears streamed, a lot of tears. I used to go to church in my middle school years, passionately. Year after year, I even received an award for evangelism. However, after coming to the States, for 16 years I wandered away. Yes, I was trying to be strong and become ready to come before God. After prayer, I went downstairs to be baptized. When I saw others being baptized, I got scared, and the water looked cold. <laughs> I, thought everyone, <laughs> I thought everyone was falling backwards by themselves. I thought the pastor was pushing them to fall down. It was my turn. I looked into the pastor's eyes and told him, I want to meet Jesus tonight. Then I saw white light coming out of pastor's eyes. So beautiful and wondrous white light came to me. My body began to move. My body began to fall backwards. I didn't want to fall, so I held tight with all my might. The pastor spoke to me. It was not in Korean nor English. I heard the message, it is okay, it is okay, just let it go. When I heard the words, I became full of peace and very naturally fell backwards and lay down. I was scared of water, but I wasn't anymore. As if I was laying down on a bed, it was soft and comfortable. After the baptism, when I got home, it was about 1 a.m. On my way home, I thought of everything. It was unbelievable and wondrous. I was deep in thoughts. When I was ready to enter my house, there was a package at my door, which was for someone else. On the box, it was written, Glory. When I read the word, my heart was struck and conviction came over me. I am not ready yet, still lacking much, but I am going to worship, I am going to worship service to meet God. My heart is filled with expectation and I am excited. I am so happy. I am so thankful. P.S. My son, who has had to be eczema, is totally clean after prayer. I will send the details soon. Show the picture. She sent the picture as well. Do you see it? That's when she got to the home about one in the morning, there was a box right at the door. You know, it was somebody else's box right there saying, glory. God is saying, reminding her that what happened wasn't just an accident. And I, it was so moving in Korean. I hope English, the English translation did some justice to this. Our God is great and awesome. Let's give God a thanks offering. Anybody else wants to share a testimony of what God has done in this week? reminded when I was standing there when uh, Pastor Marty asked um, if there's anyone that want to share their testimony on Thursday morning or Thursday's uh, session please come up and realizing that 
you know, there's a bunch of us that got baptized the night before. Uh, I was struck, just convicted of why I should share today. When you're moved by the power of God, you cannot hold back. You have to speak. It's actually more painful to even hold it. So this um, revival, out of being at Hope Church for 11 years, I never thought I would manifest. I would never thought I would be slain in the spirit. And um, going into the baptism uh, pool, Pastor Marty only asked for three things. And as you're sitting there waiting, uh, you're always already thinking in your mind how to answer those questions. He'll ask you, what's your name? Where are you from? And why are you here? So in your mind, you're already thinking, oh God, please let me um, come up with this laundry list. Let me, let me come up to you and just bring everything to you. And so as I stepped into the water and he asked a question and I had Cato, Zoe in the water and Janice at the poolside with, uh, with uh, Levi and Cohen was crying, Pastor Mimi, thank you for holding him. <laughs> um, the question came up, I'm Keith, I'm here from Silver Spring. But as he said that last question, it wasn't Pastor Marty speaking, it was God. Why are you here? And I just broke down. I just want to be touched by you. And I just feel by sharing this with everyone that you guys get to relive, reconnect yourselves with God. When anyone asks you, why are you here? Why do you go to church? What are you seeking? And it's really God speaking to you. And I hope that everyone has that same encounter like I did. And I don't want it to stop. After lying in the pool 30 minutes, four days, I thought it'd be a little longer. I have never seen anybody in the water that long. He was in the back, very peaceful, people holding him. About 30 minutes, we have to put him outside. We're still sitting on the chair, knocked out. Okay. Anyone else? Come. Our God is so good. I'll share very briefly. So this is less about me and about Helen. So Helen has been going through um, struggles with parents, uh, with her parents. And it's been really bad. Uh, we just family is so easily easy to be um, disconnected. You have expectations. You expect them to be the most loving and encouraging and things like that. But then you have the the biggest expectation fall. And so she's been struggling with that. And we've been talking through this for a while. But I haven't seen anything in her heart change. Right. It's easy to be bitter, upset, angry, and I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk. Uh, but as soon as she got baptized on Thursday night and then yesterday, we had a phone call with uh, her parents. And just seeing her demeanor change, the peace within her face, within her body, within her heart, it, it's nothing short of supernatural. I mean, as easy it is to be healed physically, you can't prevent the physical healing. The healing in the heart, you can prevent. 
by your mind and the way you think. So the fact that she was just 180 degrees changed um, is just a testimony to how good God is, right? Despite our willingness and wanting to, to, to stay angry, He can change that. And so I just want to praise God and thank Him for that. One of the, one of the, I remember in uh, Pastor Todd's message, he said, when we get close to God, there are few things we can carry with us. We cannot carry bitterness. We cannot carry anger with, with us when he has to get close to God. Powerful testimony. Anyone else? Hi, my name is DM. Um, I got baptized on Wednesday night. Um, so when Pastor Todd asked me what was my why, I said it's for deliverance and freedom over generational sins and generation, generational curses, that there'll be no more stronghold over my family, that the banner over us would not, there'll be no fingerprint of the enemy over us. So, um, you know, when you manifest, like, you always, for me at least, I always wonder, well, what is God doing? What does this mean? And I didn't know at the time what that meant at all. And I remember the next day, on Thursday, when they asked for testimonies, I felt, you know, but I was holding my baby and I was busy. It's like, no, surely that wasn't, it's not for me. And Susan came up to me, I remember, and she took the baby from me and she said, friend, I think you need to go up there. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> She's like, yes, you do. And I was like, well, what would I even say? Because I'm still processing. I didn't know. You know, she said. And I was like, I really don't know. And so um, when I, I guess, felt like I should go up, the moment has passed. So I was like, okay. <sighs> um, and then today, even today, I was struggling with it too. But I was in the back taking care of my baby, and I heard Keith said what he said. Jana's like, that's for you, girl. You need to go up there. <laughs> um, so I don't know what this may mean to anyone else, but as a daughter of parents who are not saved yet, and as a, a wife and as a mother and also as a children, of a, I'm sorry, as a teacher too, I've just been really tired, really weary, I guess trying to do your own thing. And over the retreat, someone said to me, stop trying to create your own Ishmaels to solve problems but to trust in God and the way that he'll provide and meet your needs. But more than that, um, I guess that night was just a reminder, an affirmation that DM, I'm here. Just let it go. Be still and watch me move. So it's not so much the manifestation or I didn't hear God say anything. I didn't. Or, or that maybe some of you felt that way like that was great I was blessed but what does this mean just trust that he is moving on your behalf the battle is already won so today today I just thank God for breaking those chains and giving us freedom
<laughs> so sorry. Um, so I really struggled to get to the um, revival, I think just personally, even as a leader at Hope, um, I was really nervous about what this was and I guess what people were thinking about this because it's very different and strange. Um, and so, you know, I kind of just wrestled with that privately because I don't want, I didn't want to like hinder others. Um, and then I had a friend, um, she's one of my best friends. Um, and she's preg pregnant and um, she was early on like, the baby was diagnosed with um, congenital heart defect. And basically, um, basically, it's a very severe case. And from the moment she found out, they asked her, um, do you want to continue with the pregnancy? Um, because it was that severe. And so she struggled with that. But you know, at the end, she decided. I'm the baby's mom and I have to give this baby a fighting chance. Like I can't decide to end this life. And so, you know, she continued with her pregnancy and then, you know, this revival thing came up and immediately like everyone's contacting her, like go to the revival, go to the revival. And she's like, whoa, <laughs> like kind of the same light as me. And she's calling me and she's like, I don't know. Um, it just sounds too different. Like, I just don't know. And I heard, I, I was like, I hear you, you know, because even Samonim, you know, she asked me to help. And she was like, can you pass out like numbers? And I was honest, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, cause I love Samonim and I submit to my leadership, but I was like, oh my gosh, like people are gonna walk into church and my face is gonna be with this. Like I was a little nervous about that. Um, and then I'm on the side every day talking to my friend and she's struggling with it too, but I'm just trying to encourage her. And both of us are a little nervous. She doesn't know I'm nervous. I'm just like, you know, you can just go to get prayer. And you know, so many people are like bamboozling her, like go, 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 like every day, you know? And she's telling me, she's like, if I go, I'm just going to sit and pray. I don't want anyone to touch me. I don't want anyone to pray for me. Like she was very guarded and and then that week before the revival, like two days prior, she went to a doctor's appointment and things were looking a lot worse. And so um, when it's already serious, you know, I think she was trying to have hope for her baby. Um, but then she heard the news that, you know, things were a little worse. And she was like, I have to go, you know, I have to bring my child here. And so, um, So, you know, she came and, you know, like from the moment she stepped into the door, you know, the pastors were there. Like, past, I don't know their names, Pastor Todd, Body, past, Marty, sorry, <laughs> not Body, Pastor Marty. Um, and, you know, they immediately, like, kind of surrounded her. She didn't even have a chance to even, I think, think about anything and they, they prayed for her. And, and as soon as they did, I, you know, her guards just kind of like came down. And as she went throughout the whole revival, I saw like people, just different groups like coming to her and praying for her. And I was like a little worried, honestly, like, cause I knew how she felt. But 
I just saw how, you know, this became a place where people come to meet God. And I just want to, first of all, just thank Pastor Kim, Pastor Mimi for being brave enough to set the stage for that. You know, to be able to kind of put themselves on the line to, to say, like, I don't care what people are going to think about our church or about us. I'm setting a place where people come and meet God, and that's what revival is when God comes and meets with each person individually. So Esther went through, and she and her husband both, you know, very reserved, but they they did receive everything, and, you know, she was like, I'm just going to go all in. I'm just going to go all in. And so she she came, and she, um, she got prayer, and then she came, and, you know, she waited a while, which I was surprised she stayed, but she got baptized in the water, and... Um, I don't have the ending yet, but I just want to say she came in and people sang over her and prayed over her. And she's a person who does not let her defenses down, but I felt like God just gave her the courage to continue and, and to believe for her baby. Um, to, because it's easy to believe the lie that, you know, death is an option and that death is okay. And so she's in a place now where she is fighting, you know, like for her baby with courage. And even if, even if, right, even if the baby is not healed, she's going to fight for her baby and she's believing for her baby. And so we are continuing to pray. And I just want to ask for you to continue to pray for her um, and her child. But um, I'm personally just repentant of my whatever those thoughts were about this, but it's in the end, it's just Jesus. And it's just people coming to meet with Christ and Christ like that, meeting just very personally with each person. Yeah. You I asked Brock <laughs> to sing this song before, I, before he does. Uh, they, there is a, a sentence that the pastor taught pre, in the in midst of message he shared that I thought really goes powerfully with uh, uh, Irene's testimony. I, m- I remember in the whole message, the first thing that he really said, we are not, he said, do not seek miracles. Seek hunger for a miracle worker. Do not hunger for healing but hunger for the healer. I mean, and he said, we are seeking the face of God. And he said, even if God doesn't do any most, any, uh, any miracle or anything after this, would you still seek him? I believe that's what you're saying. God, we are seeking you. The revival world is about God, we seek your face. We love miracles all us, but that's not what we are seeking. We want the face of God. We want our God in our midst. And everything else is addition and, and blessing, great. But we are seeking a face of God. And today, God, we want to press into you. Even if we don't do any more miracles, we still seek after you. You walk into the room. Everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. And when you walk into the starts burning and nothing matters more than just sitting here at your feet and worship 
struck by was how much Pastor Q and Pastor Mimi and Samanim and Mr. Hoon all, all the literal physical strength, emotional strength, the spiritual strength that was to even pull this event. It wasn't an event. No, it wasn't an event. <laughs> it's not an event, but so that all of us could encounter Jesus. And it, if you guys were at the baptismal pool, it struck me the two nights where that God touches people in such different ways. Some were weeping, some were shaking, some were quiet as all get out. Nothing on the outside was observable. But even to the buildup of this, I just saw so many tokens of how good God is that people were willing to do what they needed to do so that God would come. And the tenderness of people's hearts. And even at the baptismal pool, you know, there were various ones in the water for hours without a wetsuit. Some did, like Dapu was smart, he got a wetsuit. But there were some that were not in a wetsuit 
There were people drenched, helping people out, helping people up. And in that moment, I just got a glimpse of how how happy God wants to see them. That that's what revival is, right? That's about people caring for one another to bring their friends to the place where God can encounter them. It's just like the stories of the friends that took and, you know, put the hole in the top of the, you know, that story and then brought their friend down. It's the one that carried the man who couldn't walk to the pool. God's heart was so present in that place. And so I just want to thank everybody that did do this and that were able to sort of invest in this way because I just got the sense of how God was so pleased. He was so pleased because, because people were willing to do whatever it cost to make and fight for his people. So thank you, Pastor Q, Pastor Mimi, Samanim, and Mr. Hoon. Anyone else? Okay. You give me a look, I'll look for you, okay? Don't worry, I'll find you, okay? Hello. It's my support. Um, I don't know. There, there are so many things that I could say, but I think the number one thing is um, God is teaching, or God has been showing me how He loves to work through people, um, and it's so amazing. Um, I'll give you an example. I don't know. Oh, I guess we volunteered to be part of prayer ministry. But then on the day of revival, prayer ministries like Pastor Shin, Pastor John Go, Miss um, Helen from Rock Church, and all these, and we're like, wait a minute. I think we're not supposed to be here. Uh, we're in a group. It was Grace, me, and Lam. And so we we're just like, oh, we're like out of our league. And then um, as the revival's happening, you know, people are lined up, of course, you know, obviously for Pastor Shin and others. And we're like, oh, you know, and, you know, some people, you know, thankfully came to our line and got prayer. <laughs> but the amazing thing is um, all, well, except for my husband, Grace and I were having doubts, you know, like, man, thank God Lom is here because we're, what are we going to say? Like, what are we going to do? Like, we're not intercessors, you know? Um, but it's so amazing because <laughs> the next day, uh, Thursday, I was outside waiting in line to come into church, and there's this man, and he was just talking about uh, the testimony of his son and how his son has autism, but then um, he got prayed over, and how he like went to school the next day, told everyone about Jesus and how he wants to be saved and how he's getting baptized tonight. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he was, oh, he, we were just having a conversation. He was telling me, the girl that prayed for me, she knew things that I haven't even told my best friend. 
and she just everything like right on the dot like generational things that I didn't even tell her he he said he told her like baseline you can pray for these things and she just went in and he was like amazed and really encouraged and that was grace you know and all that to say you know I feel like just saying yes to God um he'll use you you know um and so yeah like there was no very few people in our line but the people who did get prayed for got really blessed um, <laughs> uh, amen <laughs> thank you thank you um and I think the other thing and I mean I'm sure I know like Probably all of you who are sitting here have a testimony and you're just processing because I'm I'm like that too I'm like there's just so much I don't know exactly what to say but um, you know this all started with covenant retreat a covenant retreat I went and Pastor Shin is there and I'm also one that is um, I want the Holy Spirit but I do not manifest and I don't I don't I mean I feel the Holy Spirit in my stomach and that's it but you know, as Pastor Shin comes and prays, you know, and you see everyone like falling over, getting touched in different ways, he comes to me and I'm like, there's nothing. And I'm just like crying. And people think that I'm crying because I'm being touched by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so frustrated with God, like, God, like, why are you doing this, you know? And like, you know, I was just like angry with God, you know? And my my tears were out of frustration and anger and then everyone's coming around like oh more lord more release and i'm like you don't understand i'm so frustrated and so this was covenant retreat and then um pastor shin actually had irene come and pray for me and it's just you know like god using different ones and then the funny thing is i don't know where keith is but keith and i were walking i he had to i had to get something out of my car for his daughter and so we're just walking, just small talk, you know, like, oh, how was the rest of the retreat? And he's like, he said something so simple. He was like, you know, oh, I guess it must have been after you left, but Pastor Shin was talking about, you know, people who manifest and people who hear God in different ways. And he was like, that really spoke to me because I don't manifest, even though he did at the revival eventually. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was literally like a five second conversation but I was like, that was for me, you know? Like, I don't, I don't need to have, I feel like if I have a physical manifestation, then God will heal me, you know? But just Keith mentioning that little thing about how God works even when there's no visible, you know, evidence. Um, and so our church is so <laughs> different than what it was like a few years ago but when Lam and I first got married um, I was diagnosed with uh, a thing so I'm barren and I just want to say that because um, I was angry at God for a long time because um, <laughs> I know um, <laughs> because uh, I mean if you <laughs> if you know um, we hope church is like the most fertile church on the planet <laughs> seriously and so um being like being barren is kind of like I feel like um like the redheaded stepchild sometimes you know um and so like often 
won't really talk about it, you know? And, but for some reason, like, um, when we were in the baptismal, I felt like a freedom to like say it, you know, like I am physically barren. And I don't think I've ever used those words before. I would always say, oh, I have this diagnosis. And I would just, you know, like wrap it up in this nice Christian answer, you know, like, oh, I believe. But I think, you know, in the past few weeks and months, God has been like, you know, it's okay to be real with me, you know, be real with your emotions. Like, tell me that you're angry, you know? Like, God doesn't want our little Christian, like, bubble-wrapped answers, you know? He wants all of us, and He wants us, like, right where we are. Um, so, yeah, and then, so all of us got in the pool, and I don't know, there was no physical manifestation, but I have never felt so at peace in my life. And those of you who, like, really know me, <laughs> Those of you who really, really know me um, know that this is a miracle. I have not yelled at my children for like a week. <laughs> that is a miracle. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Do you have any? Um, so I'm going to say a few and then you'll say one. Oh yeah, she's my emotional support. So, um, man, God's worked in a lot of different ways, right? Like, I mean, just his manifold grace. And so, um, this first one was, was a guy that goes to our church, um, shooting star, really just successful in life. And, you know, just been connecting with them relationally. And, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about was this idea of, you know, like, what does it mean to do God's will? You know, when, when you don't have a lot of troubles in life, it's kind of easy to just assume that you're doing God's will. Uh, but long story short, he just had um, something important coming up this past week, um, and then everything just got thrown off. And it was like like computer glitches, like all that stuff, right? His instructor was like, there's no way that this happened. And so he was really frustrated, angry at God, because it like threw out all of his plans for this upcoming week and so on. And so just uh, texting with him back and forth and just saying, hey, look, you know, this is probably God. He wants to slow you down. And so came to the uh, revival service, got dunked. And when he went up there, he said that um, what I want is for God to take control of my life. And how many of you know, that takes a lot of courage and that takes a lot of, you know, that's a real confession. And so, um, you know, he texted me on yesterday and he says, hey, uh, can we chat? I just want to process through some things. And so he's uh, down meeting his uh, girl somewhere, and uh, he, his fiance's friend's little brother, it's like this charismatic dude, or he's, he's, he, he, he believes in the gifts of the Spirit. And so he sees him at the airport, and he just have like a quick 10-minute conversation, no spiritual thing about it, and that, then he goes, hey, I got just a picture for you. And basically it was about God taking full control of his life, and said, and, and, he, and it was really unique because he said, I saw you moving from the back seat to the, uh, to the passenger seat, and it resembles uh, friendship with God. And so he's like, I don't know what that means, and we were just praying for a little bit, and it was like, well, you know, when you give God control of your life, I mean, it's, it's unto friendship, right? When the disciples, you know, left all that they had to, to be with Jesus, they, they walked with friendship with Jesus for three years. 
And so it was, it was really cool because we had talked about developing a prayer life and how, he's, man, it's hard to pray and all this. But he was so encouraged that, you know, giving control of his life actually meant that he would have more fullness in relationship with Jesus, right? And so I was just really blessed by that to say that, you know, healing, emotional healing, like all these things are happening, but it also leads to fullness in our walk with Jesus, right? Uh, the other thing that's completely unrelated to the actual revival, but I go to work the next day, it's Friday, I'm so decked out because I'm so tired. But then uh, my friend texts me and he goes, hey, uh, I got a, a job update, can I, can I call you? And he um, had asked me to help him find a job at my company like a month ago. And I'm just like sending all these like job openings, but he got to the final stages, it fell through, and he was like super bummed about it, and it was like three weeks ago. And I thought he was calling me back to tell me, hey, can you help me out again? I was like, nah, man, I ain't trying to go through that, right? But he calls me and he says, hey, I just want to give you an update that um, after we last talked, some things started working around and I just had, had a bunch of interviews and then I got this job offer and I want to let you know. And I was like so convicted because I was like, man, after that last, I was like, bro, there's no chance you're going to get another job at, well, uh, you know, with us. But God was just reminding me that not just physical death to life like Pastor Shin was talking about, but our hopes are being resurrected, you know? And he's inviting us to uh, believe again for those things that we hope for. And so I was just really encouraged and blessed by that. So praise God. Yeah. It's my turn, Pastor Q. <laughs> oh, and you know, and to share something too. <laughs> um, but I'm just really grateful because um, I think that this week has been just a physical show of God's faithfulness. Um, not just to our church, but what he wants to do at a larger scale. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about like, what do you think revival is gonna look like? What do you think it's gonna be, right? And so I think some people have these like fantasies or just these like, you know, mystical, like, you know, views, interpretations of what revival is, right? Like everyone's just happy all the time and like, hey, here's some cotton candy and like, you know, uh, rainbows, butterflies, all of that. But no, like it's actually, I think someone said it, like revival, it means death, right? And he's actually bringing dead things to life and sometimes it's hard. And so I'm gonna put my stuff out there for a second and then I really don't care if you judge me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, this wasn't, necessarily like from this uh, week's uh, baptismal revival, but um, my sister-in-law, Alex's sister, Esther, she went down to Georgia well, maybe like a month ago. And this was when um, Alex was in Korea. So I was single momming for like 11 days, 11 days, I counted. Um, so she went down that weekend, came back, um, and she had been struggling with really, really severe, deep depression. And um, she came back right around the time Alex and I started dating. And a lot of her pains um, were directed at us. And, you know, like broken people, we just, you know, spit back brokenness back, to, back and forth to each other. And so my relationship with my sister-in-law was really bad. Um, I did not talk to her. I didn't enjoy being in the same room as her because it's just uncomfortable. And, um, you know, she would, like her pain would bring out the worst in me. And, um, you know, like when other people come, I do a really good job at hiding it, 
right? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's my sister-in-law. Like, I love her. But in deep inside, I'm like, oh, like, I just want to, like, I'm going to go into my room. Um, but when she came back from the revival, she brought a bunch of oil with her. I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but she, by the favor of God, she was given 20 vials of this Bible oil when they normally just give one to each person, but they heard that they were from Maryland and the, the pastor said, well, here you go and gave her a full bag, 20 vials of oil. And this woman, she's just like, like, what? <laughs> And so she's like, hey, Jess, like, I have some oil for you. And it happened perfectly because the same day that she came back from Georgia was the same day that my uncle was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He's undocumented. He has no insurance. Um, my parents were just, they didn't, they were estranged. I haven't talked to my uncle and my aunt in 10 years. I haven't seen my cousin in 10 years. And just by the, the, sovereignty of God, all of this starts to come together where I got to see my uncle and pray with him and share about Jesus with him. Like, and just, this is just like, like just the beginnings of this, this revival that's coming out like through in our family. So I got to ex reconcile with my Como, with my aunt, my uncle, um, and just have this really honest conversation. Like, uncle, like, do you believe in Jesus? Do you want to have faith? Um, and we had just, I can't even explain, I can't even go there, but it was really good. Um, and then, so back to the story with Esther, my, my sister-in-law. She has the vial of oil and then she um, shows me the Ziploc bag. <laughs> I'm just dying here. And I'm like, she's like, I'm like, what is that? I see a picture of my family in there. <laughs> I see, I'm like, that's, that's my family. Did you take that from my house? Like, <laughs> you took that off my wall, didn't you? It was my, a picture of my family and a picture of like all her loved ones, like her missionary friends all across the country. And she, like, you know, Mike and Anna were in the Ziploc bag as well. Um, there are just a number of people. So she took the Ziploc bag and she said, I baptized you. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Are you crazy? So she took the Ziploc bag with all of our pictures and she went in the water in Georgia. And then when I saw her, I could not hold on to my anger and my bitterness towards her. I saw her and I said, wow, like it's real. What God did in your life is real. And so who am I to hold on to my bitterness towards you? I surrender that God, because you know what? Like in the presence, in your holy presence, what can I hold on to? And so in that moment, I just let it go. And I said, God, like she really is. Like, this is real. Like, this is the substance of revival. Like, he revived my relationship with my sister-in-law in a moment. I just saw her, and I said, wow, like, this woman, she really has been touched by God, and she really has been healed of depression. You look at her, it's night and day. I don't know if some of you guys look at her. It's night and day. That woman is flowing with life. And you know what I realized? It's that we really need each other. We need each other. You need me, I need you. And if there's any person in this room or just relationships, like don't even like give up on them because you know what? The reality is we need each other and revival will only be in part if we don't have one another. And so I just wanna give glory to God because I am just receiving, she's receiving and it's 
beautiful and this is just a picture of what it's going to be as we go closer and closer to the glory of God. This, this may be the last one and if there's any more I won't be preaching today. I just say hold to I uh, just, Laman and I just uh, said it real hard for you guys as you guys were up here. If you guys have time today, come over to our house afterwards. I just I want our group, Ark, to pray for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> My family, we've prayed for two barren women. They both have babies now. Yeah. And it's not about my family. It's not about, but just have a real heart. Just felt like the Lord said it's not okay. Um, anybody know who was the first person to get baptized? It was me. <laughs> Pastor Key tried to make me feel guilty. He said, you're so selfish, Richard. Um, <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. It really wasn't. It, uh, anyways, at the covenant retreat, uh, Pastor Shin said something in his message that really, really struck me. He talked about low-grade fevers and how detrimental they are. He says, oftentimes as parents, we, if our kid has a low-grade fever, you know, 99, 100, we're like, oh, they're fine. Tylenol is fine, you know. If they're up to 101, 102, 102, like, let's go to the emergency room. And then the Lord spoke to him, and he's sharing this with us at the retreat. He says, low-grade fevers um, are very dangerous because oftentimes we don't, we don't think anything of it. And, you know, things like cancer produces low-grade fevers. A lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of diseases out there that are detrimental produce low-grade fevers. And the Lord was just telling Pastor Shin, and then Pastor Shin, as he's sharing it to, to us, he was, there was just a lot of conviction where the Lord was like, there's a lot of things in our lives where we consider them low-grade fevers because, you know, we might not be dealing with these crazy um, things in our lives. You know, little, little bitternesses here and there, little things here and there that just causes these low-grade fevers in our lives and causes a lot of damage. So as I was praying, as we were praying at, during that ministry time at the Grace Retreat, the Lord really shined a light on something because I was like, Lord, any low-grade fever in my life, you know, I want to take care of it. And the Lord did it. Like, He showed me in my life that, you know, there's this, like, low-grade anger that I have, you know, and I'm not, you know, maybe my wife and my kids will disagree, but it's not like I'm, like, throwing dishes and screaming and cursing. There's never been an episode with that, but, you know, there's just... Sometimes there's just anger. I always think it's normal anger. Um, usually it really comes out when my daughter is struggling in math with fractions and decimals. <laughs> but uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's, like, there's anger there. And the Lord gave me a picture of that. You know, at, at a young age, the Lord, uh, I don't want to go through all this history, but he just showed me that even words spoken out of anger is more detrimental than, you know, belts and sticks and corporal punishment, the worst of it. He says, those words, they, they go on for generations. And the Lord was like, I want to heal you of that. And I said, how deep is it? And he says, it goes hundreds of years deep in you, Richard, like generationally, right? We call it like, you know, Asian men anger, you know? And I was like, it goes deep. And I said, what do I need to do? And this is all during that retreat. And he says, he says, you don't have to do anything. You just have to draw near to me. And he says, I'll do it. So for months, the Lord has been speaking to me about this, about the baptism. And he's just been telling me for weeks and weeks and weeks, he says, I'll meet you in the water. I've never been baptized, immersed. I've been going to this church for 40 years. I got baptized as a little kid. 
when I was 21, my mom sent me to this service, KM, Korean speaking ministry service. I don't know what they're saying. Uh, Jessica Cho was there. So I stood up with Jessica Cho, and then the pastor speaking Korean says, Baba Ba says something in Korean. And she says, Yes. And I said, Okay, yes. And then I sat down and I said, What did we just do? She goes, Oh, that was our confirmation. I was like, I didn't even know what he said. Like, isn't this supposed to be like important? She goes, I don't know. So I've never been baptized, immersed, you know, and all the times we've been doing, I was like, Lord, should I do it? Should I do it? Well, this time the Lord was like, you're going to go into the water. He's like, I'm going to meet you in that water. So as I'm standing there, I didn't know I was first because, you know, the directions were a little bit, they're like, meet, you know, A, group A, group B, meet inside, and they're like, group A. Remember, the first time was crazy, right? Because it was, so I was just like, to my kids, I was like, I don't know where we're supposed to be doing, like, we're group A, and no one was there. I was like, let's just go downstairs, and we get down, and Hubert was like, you're literally the first person. So I sit down in chair number one, and the Lord gives me that picture of the pool of Bethsaida. If you guys know the story, and says all the lame, but he says the first one into the water gets healed. And the Lord was like, I'm going to heal you now. Like, this is it right here. So I go into the water, and with my kids, you know, it's, it's just, you know, three young kids, it's cold water, it's good. So we're into the water, and um, man, Pastor Marty, is that the guy? Man, I just love him, you know? I really do. I didn't get a chance to say it. Like, he was just such a good guy. But he's baptizing my kids, and he starts to baptize my daughter, and he starts to prophesy over her. I didn't know. No one told me about this. No one told me that they were prophetic. So they're prophesying over my daughter, and all of a sudden, I like, later on, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, but my wife later on, like, we were sharing, and we both got it. It was like something was, like, coming out. Like, it was like giving birth, which I don't, I don't know what that feels like. So... I was just like, I was like, yeah, that's what it felt like. But as she's, he's, she, he's prophesying over my daughter, he's prophesying over my sons. I'm like, like something is inside. Like I just feel like there's something's happening internally inside of me. And then he baptizes me. He comes out and he has a word for me and it struck me. He says, the Lord has a word for you. And I said, what is it? And I'm just like, you know, I'm like all over the place right now. And the Lord said to him, which he's sharing with me, he said, the Lord says it's time to step out. And I said, I don't know. I was like, what does that mean? He goes, he says, even in fear. He says, you hear people say step out in faith, but the Lord says step out in fear. And I said, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. And he says, the Lord says he will come through for you. And for months now, I've been struggling with this, and I've been sharing this with my art group. I've been sharing this with my small group. But my wife and I and our family and our groups, you know, we've had the grace to be able to experience God in a genuine way in our lives been able to pray and speak and just prophesy we've seen healing happen we've seen a lot of things that were too great for us and every time the Lord has been sharing with me he says it's time to take this to the streets and I've always been resisting I was like God I can do this in the church I can pray for the sick in the church I can I can prophesy in the church but it's like don't ask me to do this in the world don't ask me to do this with my co-workers in the grocery store you know, you go walk down the grocery store and you see someone in a wheelchair and something inside of you is like, pray for them. I've been scared. That's like my biggest fear. I'm like, Lord, no, you know. But as that, as that Pastor Marty, he's, he's like, step out in fear. He's like, the Lord says, this is time. And so I just, the Lord gave me context this morning. I'm, I'm, I wake up just real quickly and I read an article on Yahoo News. It's talking about the civil war that's coming in the United States over this whole abortion thing that's happening right now. If you see a lot of the states are bringing about these laws with abortion, anti-abortion, pro-life, and everyone's up in arms. And they say this will be the next civil war. This is an article from, I think it was the New York Times and the Yahoo went ahead and, and brought it into their website. But in the, in the article, what it said was, was that 
in the days to come, this is a this is a non-Christian publication saying, in the days to come, there will be a separation, there will be a civil war. And immediately the Lord reminded me of Hosea 2. It says, in that great and terrible day, right, where he's talking about the revival that is happening in the church to combat the um, unbelievable amount of right antagonism that the church will experience in the world. And the Lord says, this revival that you are experiencing in your heart, Richard, is not so that you guys can have a great big party, but it says there are, there's going to be a terrible time that is coming right now. And so I just wanted to bless you guys, you know, that what the Lord is doing in us is a deep, deep work, but He is setting us up in a very, very strategic way for the days to come that are coming very, very quickly.